you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. And it's happening again. Fucking pumped. We had a little tech issue up top, but you know what? We are soldiers and we fight through this because we want to bring you dope stories from amazing bartenders because this is the Open Bar Talk podcast. It is the greatest uh, podcast about bartending in the world. Uh, you can find the show at Open Bar Talk on Instagram. Uh, you can email the show at openbartalk at gmail.com. Another place to f- see some content from the good folks at OBT is uh, every Thursday uh, we release uh, a, a little segment called Saucy Stories. And uh, these are my stories from when I was out in the bars drinking like a fucking crazy person. Um, <laughs> so I hope uh, you enjoy those. Uh, if you're wondering whose voice this is, it is Jim Search. You can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. You can go on all social media, find me at Jim Search. I make it super easy for you. Uh, this show, if you want to find it, uh, here's where you do it. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. These are all the good places to get a hold of your friend. And also, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. That is the most important thing. The thing with iTunes, and I don't know how, why it is, is that like you can only give this show five stars. You can't give anything lower than that. It's a glitch in the system, so you just have to work with it. Anyway... Let's get this on the road. Uh, Our guest uh, for this episode, very excited to have her on. Very funny comedian. Uh, You know, also, uh, we've been trying to get you on the show for a minute, and I'm glad we finally uh, are able to do this. I'm super pumped. Uh, Maggie Champagne. Maggie, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm super pumped. We got, we are both pumped. <laughs> we we are excited. Well, you know, again, we really worked through. You had some tech issues on your side. I did. Uh, you know, I had a power outage. Come on, it's it's 97 degrees and my power went out. What the heck? Yeah, you don't. That's not what. Uh, that's not what you need right now. And you know, I will say, in terms of perspective and relativity, um, I just had to deal with some uh, uh, sound. But my apartment is still cool, so like yeah. <laughs> I'm not dealing with sweltering heat like yeah, like, like you were. So well, I got them going. I got them back on. Everything's fine. It was only about five minutes. I had my power off, so I I survived. <laughs> okay, good, good. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, on a a level of one to pandemic, it was like a one. So we're good. Like I think we're good. <laughs> and it's interesting because we are in fact in a pandemic, so we have yeah. some we have some ways to gauge the, right. the severity of this. Right. It, it's, not, it's not really the end of the world. You know what I'm saying? It's not really like the coronavirus. So I no. think we. We're here and we're good. And, and now we're hanging out. And I kind of feel like we're at a bar because I've got my drink. I, I do. I have a drink right here with me. What are you What are you drinking? Okay. I got hot on these uh, canned micheladas. I'm down with them right now. I okay. don't know why. You, any, any love for the michelada? Yeah, I, I fuck with micheladas. Um, you uh-uh. know, I've, uh, I've had a few, if, um, if I'm at a, if I'm doing any sort of Tex-Mex, um, I'll jump on, yeah. I'll jump into that. Um, yeah, they're good. No, you're, uh, you're into it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I have a brother who loves micheladas and like, we have this like joke and I had, I just had a birthday and, and I got this knock on my door 
I actually got a buzzer first. Actually, my brother texted me first, be expecting something. I got a buzzer downstairs. All of a sudden, I opened my front door, wearing my mask, I must say. And a guy hands me a bag. And in the bag was 10 tall boy micheladas with a small <laughs> card for my brother for my birthday. Now, apparently, you can just get beer delivered. That's uh, it's. I don't want flowers, bro. Just deliver me beer. <laughs> so I... I have 10 of them since, uh, you know, my birthday. And so I actually have like one or two left because I've been hitting them up. They're delicious. Well, as you should. Uh, I mean, again, that there it's, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice beverage for sure. Um, and also happy birthday, by the way. Oh, um, thank you. I mean, it was July 15th, so it's passed a little bit, but. Well, that doesn't mean yeah. I can't wish you a happy birthday. That's uh, right. So, what, what, what's your birthday? What's your sign? Uh, this, uh, this would be like bar banter. Like you come here often. What's your birthday? What's yeah, your sign? Yeah, no, this is, again, this is, we're bringing the immersive experience of this, uh, of this podcast to the listeners. So I am September 2nd, which makes me a Virgo. Oh, I love Virgos. Oh, okay. good. Sign. Very yeah. good. Sign. Yeah. You know, uh, very, uh, I've been told that they are very much, uh, organized attention to detail, but also crazy. <laughs> um, I, in good I, way, right? That's a good assessment. The best analogy I came up with was that, like, you know, I'll rob a liquor store with you, but we have to wear the same masks. I'm not wearing that <laughs> different masks because that's just crazy. I would not. I mean, and this the time to rob a liquor store because you, well, you could wear like your dead president's mask and on mm. top of a coronavirus mask, which would then be confusing. Like, What's if the- you could wear a dead president's mask, which one would you wear? Oh man! Um, now, you know that people rob banks, right? Don't they wear ma- president's masks? Uh, in Point Break, they did the film. Okay, Point oh, Break. it was Point Break. That's right. That's right. Yep. Um, I would wear. I'd wear Reagan. Uh, Reagan. I mean, I'm, an, I'm an '80s baby, so like I feel like in in tribute to him being the awful man that he was, um, I will certainly I'll don that. Uh, That's a good one. So, so there. Thank you. Thank you. Now, all right. Well, you know, let's get into it, shall we? Uh, let's. I, 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 what, say that again? I said, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that reference. A lot, a lot of good movie references out here today. Uh, so that being said, you know, we've been doing all this bartending talk and bar talk. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into the game of bartending. What's the origin story? Okay. I think we're going to go back to I, – I was – my first kind of ever job in service industry was a waitress about 15 I worked in a diner called Shoney's. Okay. And it, that was in North Carolina. And I, I mean, I was a fine waitress. I was very good at waitressing. And then I came to school uh, in New York, uh, got an acting degree. And I kept waitressing and I kept waitressing. It was always a good gig for me. And then I was waitressing at this bar in the Lower East Side called Nice Guy Eddie's. And the owner there opened a bar in Wall Street on Pearl Street. And it was a brand new bar. It was called the Pearl Street Bar. And he was just trying to keep people that were in-house. And he he was kind of like, have you ever thought about, you know, bartending? And of course, because you're like, oh, that's just like the, the, the normal evolution, you know. And I was like, it can't be that hard. I, you know, I, 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 walk, I walk up to the bar and ask for the drink. The, bar, the bartender gives it to me. I give it to the table, whatever, blah, blah. So he just kind of said, okay, yeah, and he threw me in this bar. And the bar was brand new, but it was a dive bar in Wall Street, and I okay. did not work there. I loved working in the village, uh, you know, late 
middle 90s, early 2000s. It was just such a fun place to be. Nice Guy 80s was such a fun bar. Yeah, I remember. I remember that place. It was yeah, on, what was it? It's like on Avenue A? I think. Yeah. And it was just like such a, you know, a young place and fun place. And, and I was like, oh, I got to go work with the suits. This is going to be terrible. I'm not. And, you know, there were so many. I really got a kind of a comeuppance at that wall street place because you know that's kind of when i learned that it doesn't matter what you're wearing uh whether you got on a construction type look uh you got you're a suit you're a uh you know a rock and roller you're a i mean you name it all walks of life in new york city it doesn't define anything it was and so i met i met a lot of suits but they were all a lot of nice people and then there's a lot of construction going on and this was pre-9-11 okay and so I started working the bar pre 9-11 and then we got hit because we were only like three. We're on the other side of Broadway where you have the Twin Towers on the other side. So when when it happened, I was supposed to work that day and I didn't come into work. I didn't have to be at work till like 1145. But that was the first bar I ever worked at. We closed for a couple of weeks. We lost a lot of customers. Uh, and then I moved from that bar to my home sweet home where I bartended like almost... 12 years, uh, Doc Holidays in okay. Lower East Side. And I did all that bar dancing. Like we were, we were, we at Doc Holidays were like, um, Coyote so ugly. Like we, we're, <laughs> we're like the kind of bar, um, where someone would steal your wallet and then they would help you look for it. Mm. So mm-hmm. I went, you know what I mean? I went from, kind of a divey Wall Street bar to like right across from Tompkins Square Park. Yep. So, and um, but I loved it. I mean, I loved bartending. I, I it, it's it was something that suited me very well, and I met so many people. And as we talked about regulars, um, I am a New York transplant. I came here without any family members. Um, I, I love them, my family very well, but I'm kind of a loner in the city since '93. But over those you know, the longest years in one place, almost 12 years. I mean, I made a family and they were my regulars and I knew they probably knew more. I knew more about them than their parents or their sisters or their, some of them, their own spouses. Like you just, I had my regular three day a week gig for 12 years. And in the mm-hmm. side, I was doing stand up and comedy and acting and eventually was left uh, that when I started to get more work in show business, but. Right, right, right. Kind of like okay, I don't know how long that took, but that's no, kind of like that's that's what we I I asked, yeah, <laughs> and that's where that's we, a little we, bit of uh, of the rundown from soup to nuts, like, and then yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, it's funny. I uh, I used to go to uh, Niagara. That was my bar oh, right right across from it. right from where you were. And yeah. so, like, I would swing over to Doc's uh, once in a while. Yeah. Um, so we probably we probably cross paths at uh, some point, uh, unbeknownst. Um, but so that is so you're more into like the the dive bars is kind of your was your scene you'd say like that's where yeah and you know I kind of felt like you know when you're when you're serving drinks and you, and you're doing a job you could be doing that anywhere I think one of the most important things about any job is that you like the people you work for or with or whatever and. That that operation, they trusted me and, you know, I had my own set of keys and I helped with some of the ordering of the alcohol and I had little bit management duties and I got health insurance and I had um, 
just the girls I worked with and, and, and the bouncers and, and Jerome was the janitor and he, this guy, Jerome, he was from South Carolina and I mean, he had seen the world. I loved working with him. He, he, mm-hmm. he's so many fun things. I love the people I worked with. And so once I realized I, now I can make, uh, you know, three to $400, $500 on a really busy Friday night or whatever to $200 on a day shift or whatever I was making at the time. I could also be working in a high-end place, and maybe I'd make a little bit more, but but did I really want to do that with, like, you know, uh, I don't know, the club thing. I don't think, I'm like a a talker. I like like the day shifts better than the night shifts because I'd rather sit and talk to somebody and they give me, like, a $30 tip versus just slinging one drink a dollar, one drink a dollar, you know, like, volume versus... uh, the experience of bartending for me was like a, like a hangout. Mm-hmm. Like I, it was also a hangout. So I liked it. It was like, I was never going to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had, I mean, you had a very cheersy sort of vibe, right? You yeah. Knew everybody, yeah. everybody knew you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and especially, you know, like at a place like docs, like, you know, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a little wild, man. There's definitely been some nights. I remember. Oh, it is passing through there being like, God damn, what the fuck's going on here? Uh, in a good way. Right. I like, right. I, I've seen some shitter, shittier joints, but anyway, um, I really did like docs. Um, so, you know, that being said, you know, um, tell us a little bit about some of like the crazier moments, uh, during your career. Like what are those times where you're just like, I can't fucking believe this is happening right now. Okay. Um, all right. There's one story that comes to mind just because it's, it's funny, but also sad, but also like, I'll never forget it. Well, always one of the most beautiful things in the city is, is like Christmas time and, and, and the snow. And I used to work like a Sunday night shift for a long time. And we, I was working uh, on a Christmas Eve and the bar stayed open because Doc's was one of those places that there was enough Jewish people. They would work on Christmas and the non-Jewish people would work on um, oh God, I, I know Jewish holidays. Why can't I think of anything right now? Okay. Um, Hanukkah. Okay. Okay. There you go. There you go. And we, there was always somebody that could work. So that bar never closed. I was working on Christmas Eve and it, it was to have been two or three in the morning. And there was this guy named Tommy and Tommy was just down on his luck that day. And, and, and he was, he, he was just talking to me. He was a regular and he, he took off his shoes to show them to me. And he had these like <laughs> it, oh wow! He had like penny loafers, and he had a nickel, you know, where the penny's supposed to be. And he was just giving me this whole speech. And he drank rusty nails. Um, I'll never forget that. He drank his rusty nail, and I, I just noticed he was. It was just a. You could just see one of these Christmas Eves wasn't hitting him very well. So anyway, he had too much to drink. He had too much to drink, and then all of a sudden, I turn around, and now, now. Tommy lived right around the corner from the bar. Like just literally he had to go out the front door, make a corner and a corner and then two doors down and up the stairs. Right. All of a sudden I turn around. It's a uh, Christmas Eve. It is snowing and it's not just snowing like a little, it's like a good snow. It, it's like, I wish I could remember what year I was there. 12 years. So it was one of those 12 years. <laughs> um, and, um, I turn, like I look at the register and then I turn around and he's gone and his shoes, his, his two penny loafers that have nickels in them are sitting on the bar. Oh my and God. I, I don't see him anywhere. I don't know what's going on. Now, Doc has these two huge uh, windows that are just glass 
and I look out. I don't see him standing anywhere. I can't see him anywhere. And all of the sudden, I just see like a little top of somebody's head. And I, I realized that Tommy has exited the bar and he's down on his fours. He has no shoes on and he's crawling home. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. He's just had too much to drink. He's down on his luck for whatever. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, is that Tommy? And all of a sudden he turns the corner of the window. And then the other window you see is a full glass window. So everybody in the bar turns and they look out this window. And sure enough, slowly you see him just come around and just you watch a man in a suit. He had a suit on, <laughs> on all fours in a snowstorm crawling by the window it's just one of those moments you're like is this really happening so I'm like I told the bouncer got you you know cover the bar let me go help him and we got him and I got his shoes to him and I helped him in his building and I got him into his apartment I'm like here I am in some regulars apartment that I've known for at that point however long five years we'll say right and I look in his apartment it's so nice and he has all these guitars everywhere all over the walls and and he starts talking about how he wants to be a guitar player. Anyway, I put the poor guy in his bed, put the covers on him. I run back out of his house down, and then I'm back work at uh, usual. Holy I mean, shit, man. It was just a wild, one of those wild days. And there's really nothing that's so scandalous about that. But just, well, it's just like a human moment of this man had just, he was like a rusty nail. He was just a rusty nail. It, like, <laughs> I mean, look, it's I guess the the obvious question is why was he crawling on the ground? Right. Like what? What? What's that? All I could all I could think of is that he, maybe he was really drunk and maybe he just couldn't walk and he knew he lived around the corner. So he said, oh, hell, Fuck I don't it. care how I get there. I'll just crawl. I'll just, you know what? I live so close. I could literally crawl home. And so that's what I'm going to do on Christmas Eve in the, in the, in the pouring down snow. Um, but to forget your shoes, right? Yeah, he, like that's, that's what on. gets me about yeah. this is you just said, well, you know what? Time to go and not notice how cold your feet are. Yeah. Maybe he, that's why he crawled. Maybe he walked out. I didn't see him leave. All of a sudden he was gone. And then we saw him turn the corner in the window. I was like, well, maybe, maybe when he walked out, his feet got cold and that didn't fit him well. So he just, <laughs> <dropped> down. <laughs> that, that didn't quite, that didn't quite resonate with him as he wanted it to, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's uh that's funny, man. So, so that is, so that's one of the, uh, I would say, I mean, that is a crazier thing to have witnessed. Um, yeah, it was, yes. yeah, you're right. Um, okay, so then another another one that will always, I'll never forget. Um, well, we would get a lot of crazy, you know, customers that would come from the park if there was, you know, stuff going on there. A lot of like some, you know, homeless people that were hard up on their luck, you know, and um and sometimes crazies. And I remember it was a day shift and, um, there were some construction guys in, uh, I would get a lot of construction guys cause they would, they would get, start work at five in the morning or 6am they had to be, you know, and then right. they'd get, get into the bar by three af in the afternoon by four, they were all like, so I was lucky that day. I had a bunch of like kind of regular customers and, um, 
this guy comes in. He's in a full um, psych- psychiatric attire. Oh, like the <laughs> uh, like the gown. The gown was. It, he he actually had pants on, but it was the whole medical. It, I want to say he yeah he had on something you would be wearing if you were a patient, but with pants. So maybe he had on that top that had like the tie, but he did have a pair of medical pants on. Okay. Um, so it looked, he, it wasn't right, but also there were pants involved because the, the pants play a, another part of the story, which, but so he, he comes in and he's very tall. He looks kind of dirty. Like maybe he hasn't been home for a while. Who knows? And he starts chatting up one of my, kind of other regulars named Lawrence and Lawrence was a regular that, I mean, his DNA was basically from his butt was in the bar stool that he, like he literally was part of the bar. He had been there for so many years and he was there every day. So I don't know, this, this kind of like guy from the park and his scrubs comes in and then him and, and Lawrence start to have this kind of fight. Now they're fighting and I'm all by myself because the day shift, I didn't have anybody to cover me. Oh shit. They're tight, but I do have some regulars in there and, and Lawrence and this guy, they start to get in a, and the guy actually had a wheelchair. Now I'm trying to, he kind of rolled in with a wheelchair. Oh dear. Yeah. And then, so they start to get in this fight. Well, the guy, I guess he really doesn't need the wheelchair. He gets up out of the wheelchair. They start to tussle, and he's older. Lawrence is older. They're fighting. They're fighting. It's I, I'm trying to break them up. Now they're like fist fighting, and all of a sudden, the psychiatric psycho guy kind of clenches up, and all of a sudden, everybody's just like, "What just happened?" And at that moment, some shit just just came down his leg and out of the pants. <laughs> oh my god. Really onto the floor. And but it wasn't like it took us all a minute because it was in a ball. It wasn't it was like a ball of shit, but it wasn't like loose. It wasn't like so it was, it was actually manageable. Like if I the, all I could look at it was like, "Oh my god, I work here. It is my job. I'm going to be responsible for cleaning up this guy's shit. Like I, this is now this is on a you. whole job. This is on me. So they're tussling. And then, you know, now some of these construction guys are getting involved and um, they're like, yo, yo, you know, break it up. And, and then I was able to be kind of the, you know, bystander. They got it. The guys to stop, they kind of kicked him out. And then he had a little, there was a couple more pellets. We could say <laughs> droppings, <laughs> droppings, that then made their way to the front door and out he goes. But, you know, the reality of it is, 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 is crazy. You're kind of laughing like this is not happening. It's, it's, it wasn't like it was dangerous because he was so out of it. Like their fight was like a slow, like if two, if two like drunk octopuses were trying to fight. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't like it was, I wasn't afraid for my life or anything like that. But when it ended, I was, I was like, oh. I have to clean this up. I don't want to clean up. I just don't want to do this. I don't want to clean up human. I can do this. I'm a strong, independent woman. But I, you know, (laughs) but but you know how lucky I got that day. How lucky? (laughs) One of my my regulars was just like, oh my god! I can't. he, He was so New York. He's like, this is this is unbelievable. You're such a beautiful lady. You're such a kind lady. This isn't fair. I'm not gonna let you clean that up. Where's your rubber gloves? Oh and he, a regular, 
out of the kindness of his heart, like, look, it's not the end of the world. Again, from the scale of one to pandemic, okay, we could give it a three. We'll okay. give it a three. We'll give it a three. Strong three. I, a strong three. I don't want to give, you know, like, it wasn't the end of the world, but the fact that I had regulars that love me that much and just, like, they literally cleaned shit up off the floor, so I didn't have to. So, um, that's the story. I don't know how great that story is, but it's just one I'll never forget. And then, I gave that guy, he drank cranberry and vodka, I'll never forget it. The man who cleaned up shit, I gave him a pitcher of cranberry vodka. I and was, I I was going to say, I hope you uh, ha- uh, uh, handsomely reimburse this man for uh, picking up shit off of the ground. Because uh, that is that is a commitment right there. That was kind. Wasn't that kind? I mean, it wasn't too far uh, you know, a step away from what that ground of that bar was, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it's, but yeah, it was really nice. Um, now here's, I, here's a question is, so the guy was in a wheel, like, did he leave the wheelchair behind? I think they got him out and someone wheeled his wheelchair out to him. I got mean, it. we definitely didn't make him leave, you know, I'm sure I, I don't remember exactly, but there was the struggle. There was, the falling on the ground and when he stood up and he did his little uh, or whatever, and then the pellets came out <laughs> then, <laughs> and then the, and then the like regulars got him out of the door. And then I think, yeah, one of them returned his, he came back around again too. He, that guy was around for a couple months, but God damn, I would never return. If I got in a fight at a bar and I shit on the floor of that bar, uh-huh. I would mm, find a different bar. Yeah. yeah. But I guess, I I, I mean, but then you have to think, like, if you have it in your heart to uh, defecate on the floor of a of a bar, um, you don't have the self-awareness to be like, maybe I shouldn't go back there. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, no, this is fine. That guy didn't know. He he thought he was, you know, he was at home in his toilet and he had a fight with a ghost. I don't know. I mean, he just, (laughs) yeah, he didn't. But I mean, I've seen so many things that I mean, people. I would be too shame shame people like I I I walked in on people just hardcore in it in the bathroom, and they just went back out and sat down at the table and drank their drinks. I was like, everybody in this bar heard you guys screaming back here, and yeah, he, no shame. They were like, "Oops, we're just oh oh," and they just walked back out to a like the jukebox stopped one time, and you this, just was this oh. at Doc Doc Holiday? Yeah. And you just hear, oh, 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 ah, ah. And of course, I have to go do something. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I go into the bathroom. I'm like, uh, guys, uh, uh, can we uh, break it up or whatever? You know, like, not the right place. Oh, sorry, sorry. I come back out. Everybody's looking at me. What happened? I was like, yep. And they're like, oh, my God. And then the two, the guy and the girl just come right back out, sit down and just, you know. And act like nothing. Nothing happened. Yeah, like, and then we turned the jukebox on and the night continued. <laughs> you know, they just got, it's kind of like a record stop. Mm-hmm. They got caught in a bad jukebox. Like, the jukebox is really loud. And when that's going on, you can't hear anything that's happening in a bar. But the minute a, a, a jukebox ends and it's kind of like a, it was a dead night. So there's maybe like, let's say 10 customers in the bar and the two of them in the bathroom. Right. Everybody, everybody heard them because the jukebox stopped and they didn't know where, I guess they didn't know where they, they were. Cause you got to remember we're, we're adding alcohol to this. Right. So every- yeah. I was going to say, this wasn't like a, like sitting on the couch. I was like, Hey, maybe we should go fuck yeah. at Doc holidays. Exactly. 
Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. We've seen it all. No shame. There's a lot of people. No shame. Yeah. No, look. No. Hey, where? Well, I, and this isn't shaming necessarily, but it's like, you know, there's there's special places uh, in New York if you want to go fuck. Right. Like, I don't think that you should. Oh, well, you can. Hey, you can fuck wherever you want. What am I? I don't think Docs is the right place for it. Okay? I don't. I don't yeah. think from a sanitary perspective. Right. From a from a sheer yeah. uh, public. Yeah. I think Dr. Fauci would really uh, shoot that one down. I think. <laughs> if, uh, yeah. if you were to really, if we were really to, I know he's, you know, he's not too busy these days. So I feel like he could really, uh, feel yeah. that, feel that response. Um, now were the people fucking, uh, were they regulars? They couldn't have, were they, they weren't yeah. regulars, were they? I, I still can see the guy's face to this day. He was actually someone I knew from the comedy world. Oh, so every I'll see him every once in a while. I think he's married now, but it, not to that person. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, he was he was he was kind of a regular. I do think he was a little embarrassed. I think you know, you got those beer that you got that beer confidence. You got that beer loss. You, you're just like in a zone. And when you're in such a place like that, place was so alive. It was like a organism. Everybody participated. It was like people liked. It was a good um, hangout for meeting strangers. You could just play a game of pool with a stranger. You know, a lot of places you go and you experience separate feelings or separate conversations and separate moments. Docs was a place where you would talk to somebody that was sitting right beside you. You would talk to the table beside you. It was a very socially um, comfortable place. So I think people started to feel like, yeah, I think, I think he just – he forgot that he wasn't at home either or just (laughs) it's the wild west and that was like a country it's a country western bar too which is i hated country music i grew up in the south you would never catch me listen to country music until i started working there and then i was like oh my gosh i love country music it's always um it's there's always stories in the music sure so yeah. yeah that bar had that that sweet, sad country music always going. And so it, it, it's like you're and it really encourages drinking. And um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a it's a it's an interesting place. I uh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> again, the nights that I've gone in there, you know, I've certainly heard uh, heard the country vibes uh, afoot. Um, and, you know, it's it, it was a uh, it was a special place, man. Um, yeah. Now, who. Uh, so. <laughs> So we people fucking in the bar, uh, shitting on the floor in a fight. Um, <laughs> I mean, like again, I, for, stabbing. I witnessed a stabbing. And go they, on. They, they were best friends. The two people that stabbed each other were best friends. What? Yeah. All right. Go. Like, let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> Give I us know. The story. So, it, I mean, it was a. It, you know, it was one of these things that just stabbings. I think you think there's. I imagine them to be like this drawn out thing, but. A stabbing is literally a thrust and a pullback, right? So it's sure, like, yeah. so this, these, these two best friends that were kind of tall guys and this chick and they came in little, you know, normal New Yorkers looking tattoos, just, you know, hanging out, playing a game, a pool. The bar was decently packed. Um, I was serving them drinks for a couple hours. Everybody seemed to be getting along and then the two guys start to get in this fight. Now there's this fist fight kind of about the same place that Lawrence and the psycho fought right in front of the bar. Cause there's this like, it's a small place. You, you know, you've got a, a, a long bar that's maybe uh, 20 seats mm-hmm. and then about, let's say 
six booths and then, you know, 80 people max. It's not a huge place, you know. So they're tussling. These two guys start fighting. It spills out. It's coming through the front door. And as it came through the front door, the one best friend stabbed his best friend right there. Blood. Boom, boom. Two jabs. Like, Jesus right in front Christ. Of crazy. And this was probably about 90 nine maybe 2000 okay so that is not different. yeah different yeah. time different new york it time like there was cops everywhere that avenue a in you know 2000 1999 2000 was still a desolate kind of it wasn't as you know packed as it is now it was it was a that was where it became a dive bar now you might Say Doc Holidays has shifted a lot more to the college scene and what's the East Village turned into, but it was different then. But yeah, and the guy lived, thank goodness, because that would have been just the worst. I would have felt horrible because I'd served him drinks and you know all that. And the cops came and took him away, and, and it the was guy, just, so the guy stuck around who stabbed him. Then, well, they both got taken away. So okay. one got taken in the ambulance, the other one got arrested. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. And that was, I mean, but it was a knifing. It was like, what in the ever living is this? And, uh, and they were, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. And so, what, was, what was the, what was the woman doing when all this shit was going down? She was just kind of losing her, you know, mind. I mean, she was just kind of freaking out just, but I, I feel like she was definitely, uh, friendlier with the one who was doing the stabbing than she was I with would. the one who stabbed so i think she's a very smart woman you definitely want to be friends with the stabber not the one being stabbed that makes sense yeah and so so why i said it just it was just so fast i don't even think i knew that that's what had happened until we saw the blood like you don't do you know what i mean like it's such that's such a strange personal violent crime a stabbing like well and it's it's a it's more passionate right that's what they say like stabbings are of more crimes of passion than shooting someone yeah, right. I can remember what they were drinking that night specifically, but I, I, I probably, would, I would say, what would you say? I would say... Anger? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, it's probably straight Jim Beam. That's probably Oof. what it... <laughs> I, would, I would think or so, man. Well, we'll just say well whiskey. That That's probably... That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, they were nice people, nice enough until the knife... Nice enough till the knifing. I don't know. <laughs> Which is such an oddly strange sentence to say out loud. You know, yeah. they were really nice until the knife came out. Yeah, you know, just, that's, that's a, and then they took on a different personality altogether. Sharp left. Exactly. Like it a sharp, a, sharp. Yeah. A, in every sense of the word, a sharp, yeah. sharp left. Yes. <laughs> now the cops, so when the cops got there, like, I mean, were they like, w- did they, I mean, did they, like, interview you or, like, were they trying to – I mean, clearly they know what happened, but, like – Right, they, yeah. They, I mean, you know, at that time I did have a bouncer. I was behind the bar, and um, I do think I did make – I did make a statement. I had to say, like, oh, yes, these two, I served them alcohol. Um, but since it happened, the stabbing itself, I think, happened in front of the bar. I don't think – I feel like there was some sort of legal thing that made it maybe – Maybe better. I mean, this this goes back. There was kind of like an unspoken law not to call 911 from the bar phone you, because there was like legal ramifications. Like we were always told, call 911. I'm not going to say that's for the record, but I do believe and I'm not spec- like completely sure. But that was just the understood code of ethics as a bartender sure. back in the day. 
in that neighborhood because you couldn't control at the time there was a lot of heroin uh Tompkins Square Park and we had oh, a bath yeah. And so a lot of these people would come out of the park and use the bathroom. And I was a sucker for bathrooms. I felt bad. I always let everybody use the bathroom. My boss probably would have fired me if he knew how many people I let use the bathroom. <laughs> you know, because it was like, you got to buy a drink if you want to use the bathroom. But, you know, I just, if you got to go, you got to go. The problem is if they, if they were coming in the bar bathroom and doing drugs, that was what you would, you'd try to like filter through that. But, um, in the cafe, right beside that bar, someone OD'd in the bathroom, and um, oh and then God. and then, you know, and then things got cleaner. Like the city got cleaner. Also, you know, the people started cracking down on, and also we, in a good way, the heroin stopped being so prevalent in the East Village. But mm-hmm. it, you remember in the '90s, such a a heavy drug at that time '90s and really? 2000s. I would say yeah. early two thousands too, man. Yeah, but it's not like now you, you're not gonna you're not gonna go in there if you don't if you're not gonna buy a drink you better not go in there. I mean, you know, businesses have changed a lot. I think. Uh, yeah, and also like I mean, you know, Tompkins Square Park certainly does have its fair share of you know some some <laughs> some dicey business happening still. Yeah. But I can't imagine the level at which it was in the late nineties. As you just, I mean, look, we just you just told yeah. the story of a guy shitting himself on the floor and fighting like that person more than likely came from that park. Right. Oh, like, and you know, you just reminded me of the, um, do you remember the blackout of, was it 2000 and it was after night. So it was, yeah, after two, I think it was two, two, maybe two thousand two. Maybe it was two. I don't remember. I bartended that night in the blackout at that bar right across from Tompkins square. And we didn't have, uh, we just had a beer on ice. We sold out of everything. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that night? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I bartended. I made so much money the night of the blackout. And I had like, I think I had like $400 cash in, on my purse. And I had to walk home in the pitch black over the Williamsburg Bridge at like 2 in the morning. And I did it because there were so many other people walking home because there was no subways, no cars, no lights. It was like the Armageddon, and but it was that was a, one of my favorite nights bartending. I would I should have told that story. I forgot. It was the night of the blackout. What a fun night to be working in the city. Well, I feel like you know I've I've been through a couple blackouts here, uh, both uh, in person and in the uh, other world of oh my lights God. going out. Yes. Uh, but Did more you the night of the blackout. See there, right there. That's that's I... the. I didn't. Uh, I did not black out the night of the blackout, okay, although that great. would have been very convenient uh, for the sake of the story. But, uh, you know, I will say, though, that there is a certain level of camaraderie and just like we're in this together sort of deal that you get. And I think that yeah. the bar really holds that holds that pretty high. Yeah, because we were all freaking out. Like, what is it? The end of the world. But it was just the grid had gotten over. Kind of like what happened in my house tonight. I live on this tiny grid and mm-hmm. microwave when I use my air conditioner, my AC goes off and then my power goes off. And that's what happened to the whole Eastern seaboard. I can't remember how many, how far that blackout extended, but it was pretty far. I mean, shit, it definitely brought uh, New York city to a halt, you know? So anywho, uh, well, look, what were you going to say? Oh no, I just repeated Jews. I just said, Jews. (laughs) (laughs) This is a fine michelada. I'm having a fine michelada. 
as you <laughs> and again you earned it uh you were at the beach and that is a uh, well-deserved michelada indeed uh so you know what thank you uh thank you for bringing uh, your stories here uh you know uh we i've Again, I have personally been through Doc Holiday's quite a bit, and <clears throat> I'd always known some shit has gone down in there, yeah. but this has certainly uh, confirmed a lot of what I thought to be true. Uh, so, again, thank you, Maggie, for uh, bringing this uh, bringing this to the table. Uh, so, that's going to bring us to our next segment, which is five questions for our guest now. These are five questions <clears throat> we ask uh, every bartender that comes through the show, and I'm very excited to see what you have to say. So, you know, let's, uh, let's get started. Uh, so question number one, what is a misconception people have about being a bartender? Ah, oh, the misconception. Gosh, you see, I could just talk nonstop, and now I'm like, okay, what is a misconception? Um, The biggest one, if you had one. Okay, I I think when I was working is that we're always in a a good mood. Mm. We always want to hear your your shit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, 90% of the time I like to hear what my regulars say, but there was that 10% of the time that I just was like going through the motions. And I don't know if that's a misconception as much as like people, every time someone walks through the bar, to the, through the doors, they're there for an experience and they want to have a good time. Right. And I, I guess the misconception could be that sometimes we can't always give you that and don't expect us to. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's a very reasonable misconception to have about, uh, personally, if one day we're not the nicest person in the world, we might be going through a little something. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. I mean, I think, you know, uh, a lot of folks do believe that, that, you know, bartenders are constantly on the up and up and it's like, all right, that's not how the world works. Uh, so we'll take that. Now, question number two. Okay. What what is the biggest tip you've ever received as a bartender? Ha ha ha! I think the I think the biggest tip I ever got was at Doc Holidays, and it was when um, the Sopranos show was very popular. And Drea De Matteo is that Drea? Is that Drea Matteo? Drea? Uh, she she pe- she played the girlfriend like Tony's cousins. Dre De Matteo. I should know because she's a very yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Dre De Matteo. Uh, she, uh, you know, it's funny. She actually uh, came up in our first episode of season three. Uh, she was in. She was hanging out at another bar. So this is funny how this came back. Okay. So, so go on. Okay, so she was married to Shooter Jennings, who is Waylon Jennings' son. And Shooter Jennings was kind of a regular for a while. We had his uh, his new album in the jukebox. We had, and they would come in and they were so nice. And I think she gave me a $100 tip one time. Drea Mateo. Shout out to you, Drea. I know. And I'm going to tell you, I loved her. I was like, she's a real person. She understands what it's like for us to be just regular people. And she's generous. I remember that. And I pay it forward. I always try to tip big. As a bartender, that's one thing you learn. You always try to. Yeah, you got to take care, man. You got, you because that's all it takes is that one person that gives that little extra that has it, that just keeps you okay. Mm-hmm. But now, 
some regulars where it didn't matter what shift I worked on and how and how little or much they would drink, I'd get like 80 bucks from them. I had this one regular. I do think he was insane. I think he he had tinfoil in his house and he thought that I was speaking to him through his walls. Sure. Yeah, he said he heard me talking to him in the walls. I mean, he was a little crazy, but he would give me like either 60 or $80 every shift. And all he did was drink Budweiser's and stand and talk to himself in the corner. So, I mean, although Dre gave me the biggest tip, like the biggest tip over time was definitely crazy pants who believed that I was talking to him in the walls. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, he's in in good company then. Yeah. Uh, 12 years, $80 a shift. He was the big spender, but Drea was awesome in that one, like drop in the, she was very nice too. I like that. So she's, she's cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. Now, question number three. What is, what's your pet peeve of a customer? What's the one thing that you're like, you know what? I don't want you to ever do that ever again. Okay. Pet peeve. I, I, okay. General pet peeve would be, okay, real specific pet peeve is one time this girl spit Jägermeister in my face. (gasps) Okay. Literally a full Mouthful of Jägermeister splashed straight in my face on a busy Friday night for absolutely no reason except for she was just a psychopath. Okay, that was my little pet peeve. Okay. okay. Now, my that was the specific. The general pet peeve would be, this isn't strong enough. Don't ever say that because I don't know. I mean, don't say it to me. Right. I never would make you a drink that didn't have at least extra. I wasn't... But I also don't like to drink drinks that are extra. Like if I go get a drink and I say I want a rum and Coke and someone gives me too much rum and Coke, I don't like that drink because it's too strong. I, I can't even drink it. It's too strong. I also don't want them to just give me all Coke. We do have ideas of how to measure stuff. We are really good at it. It is what we do. And we're never trying to cheat you. No. I don't know. I wasn't, you know, but when someone says to me, I don't taste it. It's not strong enough. It's like, oh, you're just a crazy person. I hated that when people would say their drink wasn't strong enough. Like I was not giving them, you order a vodka soda, I'm going to give you what a vodka soda is. I'm not going to cheap you out of the vodka. But there are people that no matter what you gave them, they would think that you didn't give them. Wasn't. Right. Wasn't good enough. So listeners. Uh, make sure that, uh, you never say that and your drinks have alcohol in them. I assure you, we assure you that that is the case. Yeah. Now question number four, Maggie, if you owned a bar, yes. what would you name it? Ooh, <laughs> Shaggy and Maggie. No, um, I- <laughs> that's good. Hey, Shaggy Maggie's listen, my name is Maggie. Uh, so, uh, Shaggy Maggie's, I just came out of nowhere. I've never even, I did have a, a joke with my brother. He was a bartender while he was going through law school. And we said we would make our last name being champagne. We always had a joke. We'd have a bar called, uh, caviar dreams and champagne wishes. That was going to be our bar name, but that was just a terrible name. That would be never, never float. Never flip. I'm going to go with Shaggy Maggie. All right? I like Shaggy Maggie's. It rhymes. Yeah. It rolls off the tongue. It's yeah. clever. I think Listen, I think you should stick with that. Bathroom and Shag, and we won't judge you. Mm-hmm. No judging here. Okay, that's it. Yeah, Shaggy Maggie. I'll go with that. Shaggy Maggie it is. All now, right. uh, I feel like we kind of, uh, at this moment, uh, for the final question, I feel like we have uh, the answer. But, you know, I do want to know, uh, as do our listeners, uh, what is your favorite drink to have? 
Not to make, just to have. Okay. My favorite drink would definitely be <laughs> probably if we're talking about I'm gonna I'm gonna give two answers. Okay. I love a Moscow mule. Mm, those are good. I I drink those too personally. I yeah. Think. I like ginger beer. There's something about ginger beer. Um I love it. I love I love a Moscow mule. And then um I like a Guinness if if I'm going the beer route, which I do drink a lot of beer. I, and I would say a, a really good Guinness, a really deliciously poured Guinness. Oh, I just one of my favorite things. And then and then a Moscow Mule. But then I also like uh, mimosas, uh, and I also like uh, Bloody Marys. Okay, I, that, that's good. Okay, <laughs> Moscow. Well, Moscow Mule. That was the first answer yeah. we got. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna go that's with that. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So those are our questions for our guest. Uh, and, you know, now we're going to get into our final segment, which is my personal favorite, which is what were you drinking? Now, I have a lot of messy people on my uh, Facebook timeline, right? <laughs> right? To the point where I have asked myself, what were they drinking when they wrote this? Okay. Okay. Um, so you, as a bartender, having seen people drink off various amounts of uh, alcohol, different types, over the years, uh, you know, I would love for you to help us break down what we think these people were pro- possibly drinking. So okay. I'm going to read the post. Uh, you are welcome to ask clarifying questions uh, around what time it was posted, uh, gender, etc. Uh, that okay. is certainly open. So okay, here we go. <clears throat> I don't know why people always take kindness for weakness. Then you come then when you come out of character, they can't understand why. Some people just got to learn the hard way. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Woman wrote that? Uh no, is that is actually oh. a man. Okay, I like this. Now this is now that threw me for a curve. Okay, can I almost wanted you to repeat it. Yeah, but, I, can, I can read okay, it. Again. Yeah, repeat it, repeat it. What's that? Yeah, repeat it okay. one more time. Yeah, yeah. All right. I don't know why people always take kindness for weakness. Then, when you come <laughs> out of character, they can't understand why. Some people just got to learn the hard way. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot. It's, there's a lot to unpack I, right I, there. It's like so loaded. He's like, I, I'm pretending to be a really nice person because I'm kind, but you better realize I'm going to skin you alive and, right, and exactly and kick you out of the bar at Doc Holidays. He's like, I will stab you. Uh, I'm going to be really nice. It's like, bless your heart. Um, that is, that's an, that's a very awesome, messy quote though. I kind of like it. It's very passive aggressive. And also, so I would, I would put them with a passive aggressive drink. I might say they're drinking. Hmm. I'm feeling a couple things. Okay. I feel like there's something going on with gin right there. You I mean, gin? yeah, it could be like a Jim Gimlet. That's mm. what I'm. Okay. All right. It, yeah. I feel like it's simple, but just very biting. Like it'd be like a simple, cause some people can really turn a, like that, we're talking about that sharp left. That's like a, oh, it's like a something an Irish person would be like, oh, I'm drinking my gin gimlet, and then 
Yeah, he's just going to go stabbing people. I think there's something. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jim Gimlet. Jim Gimlet it is. Uh, you know, and I think you're probably right. Uh, gin makes you sin, as okay. they say. So he's ready to make somebody learn the hard way. And we yeah, both... when you come in character, mm-hmm. what are you, Dexter, dude? Like, what? <laughs> what's here? Barry, have you watched that show, Barry? Oh, I love that show. Anyway, uh, that's crazy. I like that quote, though. What a, what a messy dude. Yeah, that is a very messy man. And one can only assume that alcohol was uh, the catalyst behind uh, that. You know, in a way, it does kind of make sense. But it's also kind of like does not make any sense. And that's kind of like what alcohol does. But anyway, that's great. I love it. All right. Jen Gimlin it is. So that is – so then that's our show. Uh, You know, this has been such a blast, Maggie. I'm I'm super pumped that uh, we were able to finally get you on. Um, I'm very happy that uh, we got to hear the uh, other side of Doc Holliday's that exists. Um, You know, before we uh, get out of here, do you have anything you want to plug? Instagram, Facebook, uh, website, anything where people can find you? Oh, yeah. My website, uh, www.maggiechampagne.com. I got all my stuff on there. Um, You know, I was running a show at Stand Up New York, which I had um, called Foreplay, which is a really fun show. Hopefully when the world kicks back in, that'll be happening again. Um, in the meantime, um, yeah, you can find me on my website or my Instagram at Marge Champagne and see what I'm kicking about. But just kind of laying low pandemic style right now and, and not hating it. I'm not hating it. I'm doing a bunch of writing. You, yeah, you know. Same. I'm I'm able yeah. to at least get some writing done and some projects yeah. too. So yeah. you ain't wrong for it. Um, that's that's right. Thank you so much. I had so much fun with you. I feel like I was at a bar. I feel like I was hanging out and just telling stories and and I enjoyed it so much. Great. Thank you. I really I'm really glad to, I'm really happy to hear that. You know, uh you know, I really like and you know, I we, we talked about this a little bit before the show. Uh, but like, I think bartenders have some of the most fascinating stories, um, ever. And so I'm always happy. And I, I really love doing the show and I really like to hear what, uh, what y'all have seen. And, you know, you think like what I think to, uh, probably any haters out there that may think, you know, once you, once you hear one, you hear them all. And it's like, I've, every story is completely different so, <laughs> in that way. huh? You know, it's, uh, if, so again, Maggie, thank you so much for uh, coming through. I appreciate it. <laughs> What a treat. What a treat. Everybody stay healthy and safe. And thanks again for having me on. Of course. And, you know, again, if you want to find this show, uh, you can do that. Uh, openbartalk at gmail.com is a place to uh, send us any uh, fan letters. Uh, Open Bar Talk on Instagram is a place to follow us. Uh, please do I'll follow you back. Uh, every Thursday, every Thursday or Friday, we come out with uh, Saucy Stories, which is uh, my uh, – crazy world when i was a uh, drunk maniac running the streets uh, i tell a couple of those so uh, be on the lookout for those uh you know you want to find the show rate review subscribe it's all over the place everywhere you find a podcast uh itunes spotify uh iheart radio uh you know there the list goes on and you know of course please uh you know write glowing reviews we loved i love to read these and you know fans love them too um and you know that's going to do it for us so again maggie uh, appreciate you coming by uh, make sure that uh, if you're out there and you're uh, drinking, uh, stay safe. Uh, put a water between each one of those drinks, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.